Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Why don't you find Matthew chapter 4 this morning? I am actually going to begin a series today on the wisdom of God. And I'll be talking about different things as we look into this subject. But this morning I want to talk to you about the wisdom of the Word. The wisdom of the Word and how God's Word uh, contains His wisdom. And, uh, you know, I'm a, lot, I'm a lot blessed, more blessed than I ever could have been without the Word of God, I can tell you that. I have a lot of things in the natural I wouldn't have without the Bible, without the Word of God. And I have a lot of things, certainly in the Spirit, I wouldn't have without the Word of God. And, uh, you know, right now, we're suffering in this nation and, uh, and the world a, uh, a deficiency of wisdom. And uh, you know, also, I would, I would go so far to say also in the church. And so, uh, but we don't have to be because the wisdom of God's available to us. And so what I want to talk about today, I don't think I'll get through with this part today. This may be a two-part teaching here. Uh, but for the next few weeks, we'll be talking on some aspect of the wisdom of God. But this morning, I want to talk about the wisdom of the Word. And I want us to begin by going to Matthew chapter 4. And uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses there. Have you found it? Amen. Did you shout for the Word or not? Yeah. All right. All right. I must... I, was, I guess I slept through that part. Uh, let's begin verse 3. It's, and this is Jesus when he was uh, being tempted of the devil. It says, And when the tempter came to him, Matthew 4, 3, When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God. How many of the devil always trying to sow doubt? I, you know, I have a teaching on called the doubt sower. And it's about how the devil tries to sow doubt. He's always been a doubt. He started that in the Garden of Eden, sowing doubt. And he tries to sow doubt. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered, but he answered, that's Jesus. He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I was reading that verse and I thought, can you imagine how blessed your life would be if you lived by every word of God? Think how blessed your life would be. You say, well, pastor, I do live by every word of God. Well, that you just broke the lying thing. Because <laughs> how many know we're all working on it, right? We're, we, we, we're, we're all working. But if, if we were to, if we were to actually incorporate God's word in every area of our life and live by it totally, how blessed our lives would be. Uh, you know, because see, some people, some people are living by the tempter's words. What he's saying. But Jesus said we're to live by every word of God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I'm going to look at some scripture this morning and uh, just talk about, uh, uh, thank God that clock quit working because I know it's later than that. Praise God. I got a long time. Amen. All right. Now, <laughs> you say, well, how much longer are you going to go, Pastor? Well, probably a few more minutes. <laughs> but have me understand that, that, 
you know, every, every word of God was sent to bless us, wasn't it? Every word of God was sent to bless us. And, and if we live by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God, all right, not just our favorite word. You know, some people have their favorite word. That, that's my favorite word, Pastor. I like that word. But, you know, you get over there and talk about some other stuff, like, like tithing, like Brother Greg. Wasn't that good this morning? That was so good and rich. Like tithing, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to talk about that, or, or I don't want you to talk about, you know, uh, fasting. Uh, I don't want to talk about myself. Uh, I don't want you to talk about this or that. Well, how many know we're supposed to live by every word of God? Every word of God? All right, the fasting part didn't go over well. But anyway. But how many know there's a lot of other words of God, right? About how we're to live our life, you know, what we're to do, you know. And uh, we, should, we should live by every word of God. Amen. And, 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 but what I want to talk about is, is this, about how even in the church, uh, well, let's go, let's, let's do this. Let's go to Second Tim, or 1 Timothy chapter 4. I think I need to read the scripture before I go any further. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Go there. And I want to read one verse there, and then we'll, we'll kind of take off from there. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, do you have it? All right. First Timothy chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 1. The Bible says, now the Spirit speaks expressly. Now, that means He speaks uh, the outspokenly. He's distinct. He's very emphatic about this. The Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. Having enough, the Spirit saying something emphatically, we probably should listen. So the Spirit speaks expressly. That's the way the King James says it. That in the latter times, now the word latter times, and I've taught you this over the years, the word latter times actually means, if you, if you could say it uh, in a way in English, you, you would might say it like this, the very, very end. The, the, the latter times would be the very, very end. You know, it's kind of like those of you that watch football, football game, you know, in the fourth quarter, you got the two-minute warning, all right? What does that mean? That means we only got two minutes left. We are at the very, very end. And this is what Paul is, the Spirit, the Spirit's saying, is that at the very, very end of time, at the very last part of it, the very last part, I believe that's the part we're in today. The very last part, in that time, he said this would happen. Some shall depart from the faith. Now, how many know you, you could say it like this, some will leave the Word of God. Right? You can't depart from the faith without leaving the Word of God. If you stick with the Word, you'll stick with the faith. So some will depart from the Word of God. How many know we're, we've seen that, we're seeing that in our culture today, right? Where we, we've left, whether, you know, people like, want, they want to say, you know, uh, America is not a Christian nation. Well, why is it, why are there so many Christian foundations and principles in our country? Why are the scriptures on our buildings? Think about it. Why, if you break one of the Ten Commandments, some of those Ten Commandments, you can go to jail for them. Where did we get our morality from? Now, I realize that it's eroding, but listen now, uh, where, did, where did this come from? How did we get so blessed as a nation? Were we just lucky? No. We were blessed because we were obeying the Word of God and the blessing of the Lord was making us rich. Amen? And so America, listen now, you know, I know there's revisionist history where they rewrite history and, you know, the pilgrims only came here and they only stopped to get beer. 
They ran out of beer. So they stopped and bought beer off the Indians and decided to stay. I mean, that is not the truth. I said, that is not the truth. They didn't stop to buy beer. They stopped here to found a nation, one nation under God. Amen? Come on, help me out this morning. All right, see, see, but, but we've watched an erosion of that where, you know, where there were morals in America. There was, you know, there were people that, that uh, lived right, even some even that weren't Christians, and they, they still, the Word of God had an influence in their life and how they lived and how they conduct themselves and, and how we governed a nation. Now we're seeing that eroding because Paul called it a, a falling away. Some shall depart from the faith. There's a departure from the word now in America. And the, the, the sad thing about it is we're seeing some of it in the church. I know this isn't, you know, like real exciting news. But, hey, we, 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 need, to, we need to have a wake-up call. How many know that? Now, here's what he said. He said, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to or listening to seducing spirits and doctrines, or the word doctrines also means teachings, of devils or demons. So there's teachings that come from demons. In other words, they are the source of it. There's seducing, the King James says, or deceiving spirits. You know, listen, we, we, we see America is so deceived today. I mean, so far from the Word of God, and all that can come out of it is destruction. And we even, we're even seeing it in the church. Uh, I mean, when a leader of, of a church gets up and says that you can bless things that God says are not blessable, Houston, we have a problem. Are you listening to me? Now... You have, to, you have to know this. Listen now. God's Word's got to mean more to you than your denomination. God's Word's got to be more to you than, what, than anything. Right? And if I, believe, if I was a part of a denomination and the leader of the denomination got, got up and said, it's okay to bless homosexual marriages, I'm sorry, I'm gone. That's it for me. Unless we remove this leader like immediately, I'm going somewhere else. Because I'm going to stick with God's Word. Because that is how you depart from the faith when you start listening to doctrines of demons. That is a doctrine of the devil because it didn't come from the Bible. The Bible says something totally different, doesn't it? So we can't just say, well, you know, that's, that's, that's their opinion. No, that is the, that's a doctrine of a demon. That is a deceiving spirit. And I don't care how much you, you might think of that person, they're being deceived. Is this all right? We have, to, we have to wake up in America and realize we, we, you know, we're either going, listen, we're either going to uh, listen to the Word of God or we're going to listen to demons and uh, deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons. Uh, we're either going to get our wisdom from the Word or we're going to get our wisdom from deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons. I've chosen to get my wisdom from the Word. You see, here's one thing about the devil. He's a deceiver. He talks about love, but his kind of love is perverted. It's not Bible love. See, you know, people want to say, well, people want to put their own definitions on love, but you know what love is? Love, Paul said, love works no ill to its neighbor. You know, it, well, it, the love doesn't give you. Here's God's love. love. God's love doesn't give you what you think you need. God's love gives you what you really need. And sometimes what we need 
is not what our flesh wants. Is that all right? So we have to realize that, you know, Jesus said, as many as I love. Anybody know what he said? I pat them on the back. Kiss them on the cheek. Hug their little neck. What did he say? I do. He said, I rebuke as many as I love. How many love being rebuked? Isn't it fun? Isn't it just fun to get rebuked? How many of y'all ever been rebuked? If you had good parents, you were rebuked a number of times, right? So, so how, how many know the reason why? It, it's not because people enjoy rebuking you. It's not because people enjoy correcting you. It's because they love you. And they want to see the best for you. Right? Y'all looking at me saying, okay, what are we about ready to get rebuked over? <laughs> Nothing that I know of, but never know. We could all use, how many know? The person that thinks they don't need any correction is the very one that does need correction, right? And so if you think, you know, I've, I've, I've arrived, I don't need anything, how many know that's called pride? And uh, we're all still growing, right? We're all still being corrected. We're all still changing. The, the Word changes us from glory to glory, right? Uh, we go from faith to faith. And so God is going to correct us. He's going to, you know, different ways He does that. He can do that through His Word when it's being preached. He can do it when you're reading the Word of God. He can speak to you by His Spirit. He can do, to, do it while the pastor's preaching. Uh, he can do it, maybe an individual says something to you that has some authority in your life or something like that. And all of that is to help you be a better uh, believer. Amen? And to have more of the blessing of God on your life. One thing I've learned about a long time ago is that, uh, you know, people, and I'm not accusing you, but as a generic rule, people don't like messages on faithfulness because everybody thinks they're faithful. That's what I thought. You do too, okay? All right. <laughs> and I'm not saying you're not, but I'm just simply saying that having know we can always step it up another notch, Right? And so, and I've told you this story. It's so funny. I, I, I preached a series on faithfulness years ago. It was when we, it was during the cassette, day, cassette tape days. And, uh, you know, we had a, we traveled and we had a tape table and we sold cassette tapes or series off the table to people in the meetings and so forth. And so, and we, I had one on faithfulness, a series on faithfulness. Now it, it never, it hardly ever needed replenished or Replace. You know, after it gets so low, you replenish those. It hardly ever needed. Hardly ever needed it. And then Pastor Debbie, she at that time was she was, had begun to preach, and uh, she preached a message called spiritual success, and we put it carried it on our table. It was a good good Bible message from the Word, and we carried that, and that thing would just sell out. It, it, you know, it's just like every every time you'd have a service, it seemed like you'd have to replenish that one, and. And, but the, the thing about it was the, the message she preached was on faithfulness. She just had enough common sense not to title it that. And people bought it. But that, and that, that's, that's the key to spiritual success, isn't it? Amen? Being faithful. Now, so he said that in the last days that some would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, that's deceiving spirits, and, and doctrines or teachings of demons. So there's, so how I many know we're there right now, aren't we? I said we're there right now. There are teachings going around that are of, of, from demons. Demons initiated them. And we, the church, should have enough spiritual wisdom and sense to disregard that. 
Amen? You know, if you live by the word of God, you'll get called names today. But you have to be tough enough to take it. All that shall live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus said, you know, the world love me, they'll love you. Is that what he said? No, he said the opposite, didn't he? The world hated me, they will hate you, right? Now, we're not just going out trying to get people to hate us, but if we're going to stand for the word, people are not, some people are not going to like that. And, and you know, you just can't... Uh, you, I, how many would rather God be happy with you than people be happy with you? I'd rather go to bed knowing I've pleased my Heavenly Father than to please somebody else. Now, if we can do both, that's great, but sometimes that's not possible. You just have to stick with the word. Amen. And you know what I said a while ago about that leader. I'm not calling any names. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just simply saying, if, if you keep following that, what else are you going to accept? What's next? If we compromise the word here, well, obviously, we've allowed compromise in our life, and there's going to be more compromise coming. What are we going to do next? What are we going to allow next? How many, let's just stick with what the Bible says about things. And let's live that way. Amen. There's wisdom, in, there's wisdom for living in the Word. How many know that? Look with me at 2 Timothy. I don't, I don't know how much of this we'll go through today. I've got a lot of things to go. But uh, I'm not sure we can get it all in. But we'll see. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Go there. We're just talking about the wisdom of the Word. Such a deficiency of wisdom. I mean, now you're made to feel bad if you don't believe there's like 26 different genders. Can I, can, I, can I be honest with you? Is it all right? If you believe there's more than two, you're a nut. There's always been two. I mean, even the animal kingdom, they just have two. Well, I've got to tell this story. It's a funny story. You know where I'm going, don't you? You will. We have a mutual friend, and he had a dog named Sam. And Sam was a good old dog. And he and I even built Sam a doghouse one time. And Sam thought it looked so weird he wouldn't go in it. So we had to throw Sam in the doghouse and say, get in there. And so... We're out, I'm out, we're out preaching, you know, one night. And so I bring him home, him and his wife are with Phyllis and I. And, and it's late, it's about midnight or something. And we're getting home from a meeting where I was speaking. So we take him by their house. This, and so this was the day before cell phone. So when I get home, you know, my phone rings and I answer it. And, and it's, it's him. And I said, uh, he said, uh, you know, when we got home, he said, I heard some noises coming from the, the dog house. And he said, I went down there, and Sam has had puppies. I said, Sam must be Samantha. I said, he has two girls. I said, have you checked your kids? It was quite a, quite a night. But uh, uh, now I'm, I'm not going to give you his initials. But his name's Greg Davis. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> it was so funny, you know, Brother Greg, when he said there was noises coming from the doghouse, and I went and Sam's had puppies. 
Well, let me know, Sam doesn't have puppies. George doesn't have babies. Georgette has babies. All right. So I'm not, you know, and people say, well, you're a bigot. You're a hater. You're, you know, I'm just getting my wisdom from the word. You can get yours from deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons if you want to. But I'm not going that way. Never, no way, no how, not happening. My Bible says in the beginning he made them male and female. Not, not plus 26, others. It always infuriates me when I get this questionnaire. Are you male, female, or other? What do I look like, a gorilla? A monkey? And even in that kingdom, there's only two of them. Do you see how foolish this is? This is how deceived you get. Now, believe me, there are people that really believe this. But that's how deceived you get when you depart from God's wisdom, which is the Word of God, see? The Word tells us. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. What does that tell you? Man should be attracted to woman. That's the way God made it. Now, people struggle with things, but let me tell you, God didn't make you that way. God never made you to be anything. He's he's forbidden. Never. It's the devil that's doing that to you. And somebody needs to help these people and tell them it's not God that did that to you. It's the devil that's doing that to you. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. I'm not saying you don't have an issue, you don't have a problem, you don't need help. That's not not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying let's, let's blame this on the right one. It's not God. It's the devil that does that to you. Now, see right there, that's, what I said this morning is enough to get me kicked out of some churches in Evansville. I'd be labeled as a hater. I'm just giving you the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. See, if I'm a bigot, God's a bigot. If I'm a hater, God's a hater. But he's not. How many know that? It's the devil that messes all this stuff up and confuses people. But thank God for the wisdom of the Word. We can go to the Word of God and get our wisdom. We don't have to go to the, to the devil. We don't have to go to the deceiving spirits. We don't have to go to the world. We go to the, we go to the Word. Look at this in uh, Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul said this. He said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick or the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. word. What's God want us to preach? Not our own philosophies. Not 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 what culture wants to hear. Come on, are you with me now? He wants us to preach the word. Because it's the word that sets people free. It's the word that helps people. It's the word that will ultimately bless our people's lives. The suicide rate among those that don't live by the word of God is very high. And they blame it on a lot of things, but it's simply because you're doing things with your life where you're giving the devil an inroad and you're never going to be happy unless you live by God's Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we have to go back to what's the Word say about it? Amen. Preach the Word. Notice this. Uh, This is the King James says, Be instant in season. And out of season, or be ready, or stand ready when they like it and when they don't like it. I mean, or sometimes it's in season, sometimes it's not in season. Right now, I'm with you, it's in season. If I go stand down on the street corner in downtown Evansville, it'll be out of season. Because there'll be people who won't like it. 
How many of you follow them? All you can say this, when he says in season and out of season, you can simply say preach it when they like it and when they don't like it. Preach the word. Preach the word. Amen. I never thought that years ago that I would ever see the day that I would get kicked out of some churches for preaching the word of God. But we are there. I would never stay in any organization. I'm a part of an organization. I'm part of a ministerial organization. There's a lot of ministers in the ministerial organization I am. But, and this would never happen in the one I'm in. But <clears throat> if, if, it, if it ever did, I'd leave. If they ever started departing from the Word of God, well, I'm done. Amen. Unless they change quickly, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with God's Word. Isn't that right? See, we, we came through, some of you uh, won't remember this, and I, I really just caught in on the very end, though, I'll be honest with you. Uh, but we, we went through what was called a charismatic renewal in America. And what happened was a lot of people in denominational churches got a hold of the Word of God, the fullness of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, which is, which is all, over the, the, it's all over the New Testament, right? And not in a negative way, in a positive way, like you should do this. And they got a hold of that, and a lot of those people got kicked out of their churches for that. And I am so glad that those people didn't compromise, because had they compromised, we might not have the church we have today. But I'm glad, even my own, even my own dear mother, uh, I, don't, I didn't know why, but in the 1970s, she was asked to, uh, I don't know if she was asked to or she had to, got the left foot of fellowship, her and a group of people in her church because they began to speak with tongues. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know why. I just thought maybe they got more spiritual than these other people and they made them leave, you know, and which is really kind of what happened. They stuck with the word. Amen. I'm not ashamed of anything that the Bible talks about. I'm not ashamed to speak in tongues. I'm not ashamed that you know I speak in tongues. I'm not ashamed who knows I speak in tongues. Because the Apostle Paul and all the authors of the New Testament did. Isn't that right? James spoke with tongues. Peter spoke with tongues. Paul spoke with tongues. John spoke with tongues. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John spoke with tongues. Hallelujah. Why wouldn't I want to? I'm not going to be ashamed of it. Well, you know, my, my relatives make fun of me. Well, so you're going to let carnal people dictate what you believe. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with God's Word. Amen. Amen. So he said, notice verse 2, preach the Word, instant, in season, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come, and we're there now, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, they, they'll, get, they'll gather around teachers that say what they want to hear, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. We're at that place now where some would rather hear fables than the truth of the word. I don't know about you. Hit me with the bald-faced truth. Amen. I said amen. amen. Now, let's... Let's look at one more thing here this morning. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter. Are you getting anything out of this? I'm, I'm just kind of, it's kind of starting it off here, kicking it off here. We'll, uh, we'll get into this wisdom of the word deeper next Sunday morning. But we, we, need, we need to, people need to know that 
we don't follow people because of pos their position. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? When they leave the word, we stop following that. What is going to happen to the millions of people that follow leaders that are now proclaiming things are okay that the Bible says aren't okay? What's eventually going to happen is they're going to end up leaving the faith because that's what the devil's after. My pastor said this to us one time, and, and, and I thought about what he said, and I thought, you know, I think he, he's right. He says, the devil has never given up on you that he can't have you back. Remember, what Jesus, remember when, Peter, when Jesus said to Peter, he said, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you, but I prayed for you that your faith fell not. That where he says desire to have you means he's, he's, he's tried to claim you back. He's tried to get you back. I'm sure Peter was a pretty good disciple. I mean, <laughs> imagine that. But, you know, he, he started following Jesus. But the devil wasn't done. He wanted to get him back. And he's always working to try to get you back. Amen. See, people go to, people go to churches for a lot of unscriptural reasons. They go there because, well, the sh they have a shorter service. Well, that's spiritual, right? Shorter the service, the more spiritual it is, right? How many, how many n wrong, right? How many, should, how many think we ought to gong that gong? Remember the gong show? Gong that. Well, I go there because they have a really nice parking lot. Gong. Everybody say gong. I go there because... You know, the, the building's really, really cool looking. Gong. Right? I go there because they have a really good light show. Gong. I go there because they have a meal after every service. That was more like, ting. No. Everybody say, Gong. How I many of you should go there because they feed your spirit the word of God yeah. and they worship God? Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. I mean, if I did, if if I didn't, you know, if I didn't know anything about this church, first time I'd come here, and I came in here and heard worship like we heard this morning, I'd be sniffing around, sticking around a little longer to see what we got to offer here. That would first of all, that first of all, that would have fed my spirit the presence of God. Right? So I would have like immediately like, well, this is, this, is, this is feeling pretty good so far. Then I would have got up and heard that dynamic preacher that you have. And I would have said, for sure enough, man, I'm, I'm committed for life. Where do I sign? No, how many know you got to have the right reasons, right? People have the wrong reasons. You know? Well, they have this going. They have a canoe ministry. You know, I like to canoe every once in a while, and I like to go out with people and do canoeing. Well, that's a really deep reason to go to a church because they have a canoe ministry. No, we don't have a canoe ministry. Will you ever have a canoe ministry? Not if, I'm, not if I have to lead it. We won't. It's like, the, what's that degree you talked about getting? The, underwater basket weaving. We don't have that ministry either, all right? I'm not perceiving it happening. But, but I'll tell you what, if you want the word 
and you want to worship God, we'll provide that. Well, all right, some of you believe it. If you don't believe it, what are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? If I come to get the word, all right? I come, I come to worship God, amen? Now, you know, there's other things that come in, and that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all, but that's all exterior stuff, right? The fact that we make friends and we have fellowship or we do whatever, that, that's, all, that's all exterior stuff. That's, to me, that's not the main course, Amen. You know, I'm going to go out to eat after a while. I'm sure you are. A lot of places you go, they, they give you, they bring out, you know, bread, you know. And bread's good, but that's not what I came there for, right? If I don't get the bread, I'm liable to ask for the bread. Where's the bread? All right? So it's not that we can't have bread, but that's not why I'm going there. I'm expecting some, some, something that had parents to be brought out to me. I'll let you figure that out. No, I'm not for doing away with eating meat, like some, are, some of the weirdness we're seeing today. It's all in the Bible. The Bible says for commanding to abstain from meats, what God hath created, right? We, 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 I mean, this is, listen, I'm now, <laughs> I'm about to get myself, my wife's looking at me funny, I don't know what I said. Well, if I said something stupid, tell me, don't make me just, Go home and then tell me later on, you said something really stupid today. Why don't you tell me well, after I said it? There is a movement in America to get rid of meat. And it is a, you know, I, look, you may be a vegetarian by choice. That's fine. There's no problem with that. That's not the issue. You understand what I'm saying? How many follow what I'm saying? If all you want to eat is vegetables and fruits, that's great. You know, I bow down to you. I don't know how you do it. I just, you, you're in, I'm in awe of you. But some people are like that. That's what they want. But there is a movement to ban meat. Like, hey, the Bible says that's a, that's a doctrine of demons. Yeah. That's, that's in Timothy. Yeah. Commanding, you know, to, to forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain, abstain from foods which God hath created. Well, moving right along. You, you can see I'm not for banning steaks. Chicken, fish. Amen. Or pork chops. I'm not orthodox. <laughs> I never do good figure that. I would say that, you know, why are we having, you know, we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, an orthodox rabbi, by having ham. <laughs> Only Americans could come up with that. <laughs> we got to close. This is getting out of hand. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. Go there. I'm just talking about our wisdom, you know, don't fall in for the things the world is pushing. Run it through the Bible, right? Run it through the Bible. Why, why do I know, why do I know that we're not God going to be dead in 12 years because of global warming? Why do I know that? i tell you why I know that, because the Bible tells us how it's all going to end. <laughs> And when Jesus comes back, people are going to be living life like always. Right? You know, that, that we, we, see, we've got elites that are supposed to be really intelligent, very rich, that are trying to tell us how to live our lives that frankly aren't living their lives the same way. They want to control us. They want you to get rid of your SUV, but they need theirs. They want you to defund the police, but they need their bodyguards. 
right? They want you to get rid of your gas stove, but they've got to have theirs. All of this stuff is demonic. It's doctrines of demons. Try to mess with your life. Amen. Now that we got that clear, you say you don't believe in global warming. I believe the earth fluctuates in temperatures. It has, it always has. Like I said, the 70s, those of us that have been around a long time, we remember we were told there was an ice age coming. We were all going to freeze to death. You know, and we had some bad winters. How many remember the 70s, some of those winters we had? We had some really rough winters. Some of y'all whine and complain about, you know, today, you should have been around with us. When we had to walk to school in it up to our waist. <laughs> Phyllis always reminds me, you were in second grade? <laughs> okay, but it was still up to my waist. So, but we did have some rough winters, right? Remember that? And they were pushing this ice age, this coming ice age, how we're all going to freeze to death and all that. And that never materialized, Right? Right? And so, that, so then, you know, Al Gore, the guy that invented the Internet, came along, and he said, we're going to burn up. Remember that? And none of that's true. I said, none of that's true. None of it's true. Listen, if God made this planet, how many think he's, he's not going to let us destroy it? Right? We're not going to all, this is not what the Bible says. The Bible teaches something totally different. I've not, once again, you know, listen, what, what they don't tell you is they tell you all these scientists that, you know, are on board with global warming, but they don't tell you the thousands that aren't. They won't give them a voice. They won't let them on CNN. They won't let them on ABC. They won't let them speak. They, black, they blacklist them when they, do, when they try to. But there's thousands of scientists that say this is baloney. Actually, the hottest decade on record was the 1930s, 1930s. We survived. Every time, you know, I've got people, they'll tell me this thing. It's not raining in August and it's hot in August. Well, it's global warming. Uh, it gets hot in August every year. Just the way it is. Oh, it's humid out, global warming. It's been humid ever since I've been on this planet living in southern Indiana, subtropical climate. I'm going to tell you what, what's happening here. And I'm not saying that the weather hasn't gotten weird at times. It has. But that's just part of the earth revolting over sin. Right. See, the Bible says that the earth will do that over sin. Yeah. But it's not man-made. It's sin-made. Well, it is man-made. It's sin-made. Yeah. You want to stop... <laughs> Okay, maybe this isn't 100% doctrinally, theologically sound, hermeneutically correct. Okay, but you want to stop the bad weather? Quit sinning. Okay, moving right along. You know, the Bible does say that in Romans, that the earth is in travail for the manifestations of the sons of God. Right? All right. Did you find 1 Corinthians? All right, look with me at verse 18. The Bible says, for the preaching... Of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. So the preaching or the message of the cross, it's foolishness to those that aren't saved. For it is written, listen to this, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise 
and will bring to nothing the understanding of the, the, the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Listen now, hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Listen, I never take as final authority anything the world says about a subject. Never. Long as he says, verse 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom, or the Gentiles. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews. It's a stumbling block because they expected their Messiah to come, back, to come the first time as a king. But he came as a lamb. And to the Greeks, it's foolishness. But unto us which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ to us, church, is the power of God. Christ to us is the wisdom of God. I mean, sending Christ to deliver us was the wisdom of God, right? Because the foolishness of God, this is a funny statement. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Now, we know, you know... Paul's just, he's just giving us a picture. He says, if there were, if there were any foolishness about God, it's wiser than the wisest man. It's so much higher that God could act foolish and be wiser than all of us, right? He could be weak and be stronger than all of us, right? And so he's simply, he's simply bringing the point out that, that uh, the, you, you can't take the wisdom of the world as final authority on anything. You've got to go to the Word. The Word's got to be your wisdom. Not what the world says about it. What the Word says about it. Right? Now, that doesn't mean necessarily... Now, hear me out totally. I'm not, I don't want to make you radical. I'm not saying that everything the world says is wrong. I'm just saying it has to be checked by the Word. Right? You know, there's some things they may be right about, but you've got to... You got to check everything with the word. Look at this. We'll close right here. Did you get something today? Yeah. Romans. Now the clock's totally gone. It's totally gone. So I'm good. Praise God. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just looked at my watch. Romans chapter one. Forget beating the Baptist today. <laughs> Romans chapter one. Go there. This, we're closing right here. All right. This is it. Romans chapter one. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. See, sometimes the world will say, you can't do this, you can't have that. That won't work. But you've got to factor in the anointing, right? You've got to factor in God's Word. You've got to factor in the anointing, see? Uh, it, no, it's not possible. Let's use words like that. It's not possible. Uh, you know, you, you can't be healed. You can't, you know what I'm saying? There's no cure. Well, that's, that's, that's in the natural. You've got to factor in the Word. You've got to factor in what God said. God says something totally different than what, the word says, I mean, than what the world says on some of these things. I'm going with what he said. Amen. You know, sometimes they'll never be normal. You know, I've even heard people, you know, they, they talk about the doctor said, well, your baby will never be normal. And, uh, you know, but these people stood in faith. And guess what? Their baby's normal. Because God had God, God, God's got another, He's got another opinion about things. 
Look at this in uh, Romans 1. We'll close right here. Verse 18. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold, the King James says, the truth and unrighteousness. Now, the word hold, let's say it like this, suppress, which would mean they know the truth, right? If you hold it or you suppress it, you know it. See, And so they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Uh, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things, real important scripture right here, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so they're without excuse. In other words, God is simply saying, look, you should be able to look at creation and figure out there's a God. Right? God has not left Himself without witness. This thing works like clockwork, right? Your body is amazing. So I know that, Pastor, I know. I mean the way it's made, not necessarily the way it looks. Oh, come on, help me out, somebody. Your body, as a joke, lighten up. Your body is amazing the way it's made. You know, there is no way this just happened. You've got to be kidding me. You have to be pretty stupid to believe that. And so everybody at some point had a knowledge of God in, inside their spirit. It was there. But some people have suppressed it. They've, they've suppressed the truth and unrighteousness because they don't want to be accountable. They don't want to have to live for Him. And, uh, but Paul says, look, listen, God, listen now. How many of you know God gave us an account of how the world was created? So you didn't know that. It's the book of Genesis. Okay, I'll help you out. You still look dumb. Genesis chapter 1. Okay, some of you are still looking like a little perplexed. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many know that is the account, the generation, the record of the creating of the world? Now, if we choose to not believe that, that's our, that's our fault. I said, that's our fault. If we choose to believe the wisdom of the world that says there was a big bang, we don't know when it happened or how it happened, but bang, and here we all are. You went from the goo to the zoo to you. Well, how come there's not still more people going from the goo to the zoo to you? I mean, at some point, I'll just see a gorilla turn in and look like James. Sorry, James. You know, at some point, somebody ought to be changing, if this is true. Somebody ought to be a half grill, a half man. I've met a few I thought were. But have you know, God gave us the account. Now, yet our kids are going to school, and supposedly intelligent people, professors, are teaching evolution teaching the, the, the Big Bang, all that. But yet God has already told us. Now, if we reject His account, that's on us, not Him. He gave us an account. Amen. So now look at this. We're, we're, uh, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was uh, darkened, professing... Listen to this, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. 
I mean, the biggest fool in the earth is the, is the fool that denies there's a God. That's the biggest fool there is. Because God has not left himself without witness. We can look at creation and see somebody made this. Uh, years ago, I heard a story. This, as I'm gonna, Jill, come, come on up if you would. But years ago, I heard a story about a young lady over it. This was before the Soviet Union. Uh, you know, this is when it was still the USSR, it was still communism. Um, they still didn't, you know, they still were atheists. Not everybody was an atheist, don't understand me, but it was an atheistic nation. But in his classroom, they made models. They made models of the universe. And this young girl, made, she made a model of the universe. It was just outstanding. And she, she brought it, and she was a Christian. She believed in God. She brought it and set it on her teacher's desk. And when he came into the class that morning, he said, who made this? Well, nobody would take responsibility for it. She just kept quiet. And he goes, wait a minute. He said, I want to know who made this. Nobody would take responsibility. Finally, he said this. He said, I want to know who made this. This didn't just happen. And the little girl got up and said, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Somebody made this. See, it didn't just happen. So we can either, we can either, you know, I mean, we've been so, and I know you don't believe it, but you got to fight for your kids' minds. You got to tell them the truth. Listen, don't wait for pastor to do it. I'll do it, but they got to hear it from you. You got to tell them the truth. What you're hearing in school is not right. Doesn't mean you have to go challenge it, just ignore it. Amen. It's not true. The truth is God Almighty made the heavens and the earth. He created man. Male and female created he them. Amen. And in him we live and move and have our being. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.